roll will be called up yonder, but that when God makes or takes the roll call, excited he'll call my name. Excited he'll call your name. God is good. God is good. It's good to be here this morning to assemble together to worship our great God. Uh, we're thankful for you uh, being here with us, for those present, those online. We praise God for your attendance. Let's please go to our great God in a word of prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, magnificent and mighty God, in the beginning you created the heavens and the earth. Lord God, by your word you hold all things together. And then, Lord God, we are amazed at the number of stars that are across the universe. And you said to your servant Abraham, if you can count the stars, then you can count your descendants. Thank you, Lord God, through your blessing in a spiritual way for allowing us to be part of those descendants, to be your children. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary. Help us never to forget that amazing sacrifice that was made in our behalf that we might live. We might live spiritually. We might be able to live in the life hereafter. We ask, Lord God, for your blessing upon us this morning as we worship you. Please keep our minds focused and away from worldly thought that we may gain something from you, Lord God, that will inspire us, encourage us, strengthen us, and keep us. We might be ready to go out yet another day to fight against the uh, temptations that come our way against Satan who strives to destroy us. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' holy and precious name we do pray and give thee thanks if it be thy will. Amen. This morning we are going to discuss numerology. Uh, Since we're looking in the book of Revelation, we're looking at an overview of the book of Revelation. This numbering system often snags people and we uh, it's one of the things that, that makes folks fear uh, the book of Revelation. And so we want to look at this um, this overview of numerology and get a good understanding. Here's what's important about numerology when it comes to uh, the Bible, or in particular when you're dealing with apocalyptic literature. Um, don't look for the literal exactness, if you will. Look for the Look at the big picture. So this is what we're going to be doing as we're looking at this overview. We're, we're doing what John does. John is, is given an image, a picture, and, and the Bible says, you know, whatever you see and whatever you hear, write. So he's given this picture. So it's like a, a movie picture, if you will. Uh, uh, some kind of image is before him. And then, and then the, the question uh, from the angels is, John, what do you see? And then he describes what he sees, right? But for, to look for the exactness uh, of it, you're, we're going to miss it. And this is where all the misinterpretations of the book of Revelation come from. So we want to take a very uh, cautious approach to the book and gain a really good, hopefully, prayerfully understanding uh, of the overview. Now we're looking at numerology. Numerology that you find written in uh, in the scriptures. The individual numbers, uh, the number one, we'll start with the number one and we'll just jump uh, from there, one, two, and a few numbers after that. Turn to Matthew 19. Because of its solitary position, uh, came to be associated with the idea of, of unity, right? That makes sense. We're going to come back to numerology, or unity rather, in the end. But unity. So you look in the scriptures to find an understanding to the numbering system, right? We don't just grab things out of the air and then try to throw them in the Bible. 
Okay, we just, we don't do that. We let the Bible interpret itself. So, number one, Matthew 19, beginning of verse 4. Here's what Jesus says, looking back to the beginning. Uh, and he said, he answered and said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall too, they too shall become one flesh. Consequently, they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So God explains the number one, right? This is the most important number in the scriptures all the way through eternity. Number one, unity. Ephesians, please. Chapter two. So the two became one flesh. Now, from a spiritual perspective, looking at the number one, God brings the Jew and Gentile together. Instead of being two groups, now they have become one, united in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 in verse 11. Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in the flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances that in himself he might make two into one new man, thus establishing peace. One. Deuteronomy, please. Chapter 6. He takes the two groups, the Jew and the Gentile, and he makes them one in Christ Jesus our Lord. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 4. The Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Absolute, unique, alone, one mind, but that's what God, that's the major point. If you look at the whole Bible, when you put it all together, look at unity, the number one. Now, the number two, um, you know, two are far stronger and, and more effective than one, right? So there's, there's courage, there's companionship, there's encouragement in two. And so the digit came to stand for power, for strengthening confirmation. It's redoubled, basically redoubled energy. One plus one, redoubled energy and encouragement. We're going to Genesis chapter uh, 41. Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, right? We also find that in, when you're getting into Deuteronomy, you find that there's no um, confirmation of any any type of um, witnessing unless you have at least two. And at one, you have to have at least two or three witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter 19 tells us that. Now, Genesis 41, and the verse is 32. Listen to what the Bible says here. Now, as for the repeating of the dream to Pharaoh twice, it means that the matter is determined by God, and God will quickly bring it about. So a confirmation, if you will. Uh, so doubling of the one. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. And when he had finished speaking with him on the Mount of Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tables of stone written by the finger of God. So two tablets. So 
one, and then the number two, and now the number three. The number three, when you think of a father's love and mother love and child love, and, and so the mind thinks of, well, that's a, a divine number. It certainly is. It's perfection, right? Um, the, the divine God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that number three, a very important and powerful number in the Scriptures. It is a divine number. Now, Jesus, Matthew 28 and verse 18, reminds us of that number in regards to power and authority. Verse 18, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? our triune God. Second uh, Corinthians, please, chapter 13. Chapter 13. The reason I want to go over this, I know I'm going quickly. You can go back and review the slides if you choose. But the reason I'm going over this quickly uh, is because when we get in the book of Revelation, we're not going to spend uh, the, the time on the numbering system because we're doing it right now, right? So that way we're not going to fear the numbers in the book of Revelation. Revelation, uh, Second Corinthians, please. Chapter 13 and verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And so we're looking at, again, the power of threes, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All throughout the Scriptures, you'll find this connection continually all throughout the Bible. Now, look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, and the verse is 4. Revelation 1 and verse 4. Now to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before the throne. And so you're dealing with past, present, and future, right? We're talking about the completeness, if you will, of all things, the complete picture of time. So now, you have this complete picture of time, and then you get to the book of Revelation, and then there's this weird number, three and a half, right? It comes up times, time, and a half a time. And you, you say, well, what is times, times, and time divided, depending on your version? Times, time, and a half of time. Well, you'll read another number in the book of Revelation that's cited over and over again. 42 months. And this is going to happen for 42 months. And you go, well, what's 42 months? What does that signify? It's the same as times, time, and a half of time. It's three and a half years. What about 1,260 days? Well, again, we're not looking for exactness, but for the most part, that's exactly three and a half years. So the point is those three numbers all work together, it means it's indefinite, it's incomplete, it's it's dissatisfied. Uh, we, we might say something like COVID-19 is like three and a half. In other words, it's not going to last forever, right? It's here for a little while, but it's going to go away. And so three and a half represents something that's not complete, all right? Now, Revelation 12 and verse 4, I'll show you those three in the book of Revelation. They just mean the same uh, thing or the same idea, if you will. Revelation 12 and verse 14. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. In other words, she's not going to have to hide forever. But for right now, she's going to have to hide, right? We'll get there later. Revelation 13 and verse 5. 
42 months. The Bible says, And there was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. All right? He's doing it now, but eventually that's going to come to an end. Right? Revelation 11, verse 2 and verse 3. There the Bible says, And leave out the court which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the nations, and they will tread underfoot the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my witness, to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days, clothed in sackcloth. So again, the Bible's using these, this numbering system saying three and a half. You know, it's, it's not gonna be, it's not definite. It's gonna be for a little while, but it's gonna go away. It's not the number three. Now, the number four. Four is man's number, right? It's man's world, should I say. Man's world. We identify north, south, east, and west. You think about the earth, right? We know it's round, but here's north, south, east, and west. That's man's number. The boundaries of the world that we live in. The four winds from the four sides of the corners of the earth. The four walls to a city. There are four walls to a house. Uh, The garden had four great rivers. In the book of Ezekiel... Uh, you'll find that uh, there are four winds and there are four living creatures. In Revelation, there are four living creatures, four angels, four corners of the earth, four horsemen. Jerusalem has four sides, each containing three gates. Welcome to all. That gives us to the number 12. We'll come back to 12 in just a moment, but that's a really good number. That's organized religion, right? It's God welcomes everybody. And so it's a good thing. These are good numbers. So number four, north, south, east, and west. Think about that when you read Revelation. Here's God. This is man's uh, world, number four. Number five is another number that it 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 speaks of, of man in one way, in that it's a good number. It's a number that describes a perfect man or a complete man. Um, What's the one thing that we, we do? Whenever the baby comes out, we're thinking he's healthy. And what do we check for? Yeah, all your fingers and toes, right? <laughs> right? Five, five, five. So we're good, right? And so we're going, all right, we're 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 in good shape. So that's a good number. That number doubled is completeness, like if you will, five and then the number ten. So there were there were ten plagues. Um, the law started out with ten commandments. Uh, and then ten in the book of Revelation is multiplied, right? And so that's that's showing you this complete number that's really important. So you get to a thousand, right? You thought ten was complete. Man, a thousand is ultimate uh, completeness. It's total. It's it's perfection. It's something you can understand that rises to another level. It's absoluteness, totality. It's a good thing. Right? It's a good number, right? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7, and I want to look at verse 9. Verse 9 of Deuteronomy chapter 7. Listen to what um, the Bible says here. Verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God, He is God. The faithful God who keeps His covenants and His loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep his commandments. Thousand, thousand generations. Completeness, right? God's going to always be there, right? He's going to always take care of all people for all time. Don't worry about it. You're okay, right? You say, well, there's trouble coming my way. But don't worry. God's always been there. God will always be there. And God will never 
leave us nor forsake us. It's a good number. Deuteronomy, uh, rather Psalm chapter 50 and verse 10. Psalm chapter 50 and the verse is 10. Here's another, I, you know, idea, if you will, that God gives us with the number, the numbering system. The number 10. Psalm 50 and verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. So a thousand hills, well, I'm just saying all the hills, that any, any, any hill that a cattle will find itself on belongs to God. Right? That's the point of the number. So the number does not, you know, you don't have to go and count a thousand hills and say, well, is it, you know, does it, does it represent this thousand or, or that thousand? Has it excluded these? No, it doesn't exclude. It's saying all belongs to God. Psalm 90 and verse 4. Psalm 90 and the verse is 4. Here the Bible tells us regarding the number 1,000. For a thousand years in thy sight are like yesterday when it passes by or as a watch in the night. A thousand years is just like yesterday. New Testament, a thousand years like a day, right? A day is like a thousand years. In other words, God has everything under complete and total control. So we can understand it. That's what the Bible is trying to tell us. Again, we're not going to go through and look at, okay, this thousand and exclude that hundred or thousand or whatever. It's totality. It's a great number um, multiplied in completeness. So the number six, that's that sinister number, right? It's always, six has always been a sinister number in the mind, the Hebrew mind in particular, and, and even in the world today. And so what is the number we think of, right? Automatically, six, 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 right? Oh, it's a bad, it's a bad number, right? Well, yeah, it is because six actually represents doom and defeat. I mean, think about it. It's not five. Five is completeness. And you can multiply it of a thousand or, or ten, and you're in great shape. And six is just a little too much. <laughs> but, but guess what six is not? Six is not seven. Seven is the ultimate incompleteness, right? It's God, right? Uh, and man, it's, it's just a wonderful number of perfection. And we'll get to seven, low willing, uh, next week. But six doesn't, doesn't quite get there. It's like if you were in a war or in a battle, and, and someone wished you six. That's like the unlucky number. Don't wish me six. I mean, I'm going to lose the battle, right? So six was a number that had the ability to be great, but it failed. It didn't quite get there. You know, it's that number almost, you know, almost persuaded thou me. You know, number six. Didn't quite get there. Could have gotten there, but didn't quite make it. Six to the Jews was an evil number. And so when you read in the book of Revelation, and God says, oh, by the way, um, the beast is 666. You say, oh, leave the beast alone, right? In other words, don't go get in his corner. Stay away from him. He's bad or evil or wicked, right? And you'll have to remember that through the text, the, the beast has been deceiving Christians, even the world, to believe that he's going to win. And, and the Bible says, no, 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 he, he's, he's six. And you go, wait, wait, but it looks like he's winning. No, no, he's six, six, six. He can't win. And you go, oh, now I get it. It's absolutely impossible for Satan to have the Nikeo, the victory. He can't win. Rome cannot win. The beast, it's impossible for them to win. They're six, six, six. Not a good number. The number 12. 
And number 12 um, was obtained uh, by multiplication of three times four. So, so three, God's number, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Four, north, south, east, and west. So three times four gives us 12, which is, which is a number that is a symbol of organized religion in the Bible. Now, Think about this for just a moment. Think about the number 12 in God's numbering system. Maybe it didn't mean a lot in the Old Testament. Oh, by the way, let me just say this in, in looking at the book of Revelation. Whenever you're looking at a passage in the book of Revelation, you have to remember, you have to keep in mind that every passage you read has to have one foot in the first century, the saints who are being persecuted, and the place or the city or town or, or empire or whatever it is that's persecuting them. And then one foot in the future. But you gotta keep the first foot in the time, the era in which the prophecy or the prophetic message is referring to. If you don't do that, you'll find yourself doing what other people have done and said, oh, the Black Hawk helicopter and, and this world war and that. And that's not what the Bible is talking about, okay? It has to be a message of hope. It's a message of hope to the people who are being persecuted in the first century. And that's what's really, really critical and important. So, what were they supposed to do? Um, so the word to reveal or conceal, think about this for just a moment. The Roman guards come, they knock on your door, and they say, are you Christians? Are you reading the word of God? And you hand them this book, and they read the book of Revelation, and it starts talking about dragons and beasts, and you're going, they say, oh, you guys are reading folklore. It means nothing. They give you the book back, and they leave. That was the point. They had no understanding. They had no clue of what the book of Revelation was about. But the book of Revelation takes you deep into the Old Testament. And when you have your Old Testament understanding, then you'll have your New Testament understanding of the book of Revelation. It interprets itself. Okay? That's critical. So, the number 12. 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament. Why was that important? Well, think about that. God has a point. Organized religion. The New Testament. 12 apostles. There there are 12 gates to the city. That's eternity. Right? Twelve gates into, you know, to that city. The heavenly city has twelve portals, twelve foundation stones, and twelve names engraved. When you go to Revelation chapter 22, I want to show you something really important. Revelation chapter 22. Um, and, and again, when you, we're looking at what is the big picture? What is God's big picture in His message to us? Revelation 22 verse 1 and verse 2. In the Garden of Eden, something happened. This is what happened. Man sinned, and what was taken from him was the tree of life, right? So man would now live, and then man would die. It was not God's ultimate plan. God's ultimate plan was that man would live forever, right? Well, we'll get that, thank God, in heaven. So, Revelation 22, the way God opened the book, the Bible, that God created all of humanity, he closes it with the idea of eternal life or living forever. Verse 1, and he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side was the, was the river of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. So the beautiful word of God, it opens and it closes with salvation. Isn't it beautiful? You know, man's sin eating from the tree of life, which he was not supposed to eat for, the tree that was in the garden of, uh, excuse me, the, the tree, excuse me, that was in the middle of the garden, the midst of the garden, the garden you, tree you were not supposed to eat of. 
it was, the tree of life was removed from them by expelling them from the garden. And then God gives it back to us in heaven, showing us that heaven is for eternity. And that's the joy. And guess what? On that tree are 12 kinds of fruit. What a blessing from our Lord. Well, continue with the number of 12. 12,000 is a good number, right? 24 elders. You'll read that in the, uh, in the, the New Testament, in the, the book of Revelation. There are 24 elders. Now, 144,000, right? That number is... So, when you, when you read the book of Revelation, 144,000 is a number that shows organized religion. But we'll, we'll get there and we'll talk about that number in, in detail. But that number is not in heaven. You know, you don't have to lose hope, you know. Folks are going around saying that only 144,000 are going to make it to heaven. These are the chosen ones. But when you read the book of Revelation from which that number comes, you'll find that's not what the Bible says. The Bible actually says 144,000 will be on the earth. The people in heaven were eternal. It was a number innumerable, right? They got it mixed up. They got it backwards. And so there lies this confusion. It's a great number. It's the idea that one day we're all going to be with God in heaven, all of his children. And so we need to become the children of our great God. The number was reduplicated to symbolize the ultimate uh, perfect number. Times 12 times 1,000 and you get your 144,000 organized organization. Everything must be done decently and in order God is all about order. Christians coming together to worship God as is organized, right? Um, some folks today even have this idea that God is, they say we, we love, um, we love God, but we don't like, we don't like organized religion. That's why we don't come to worship. We're not ever going to come to worship because we don't like organized religion. Well, that's, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says love organized religion because God is about organization. Everything about God is deliberate. So numbers are deliberately designed by God to serve a specific purpose. The problem though, I'm going to show you when we get in the book of Revelation, that you're not looking for exactness. You're looking for the big picture. What is God's big picture when it comes to the numbering system? We can gain a certain level of understanding um, of the Jewish numbering system. And so that helps us. Now, if someone were to write some kind of literature today, and they were going to write about America. And, and they said, through the, through the story, they were, they were talking about the greatness of America. And then all of a sudden, one day, there was this 911 situation. And then it goes on and on and on. What would that automatically alert us to? We'd say 911 means emergency. Something happened. Something was going on. And then we might go back and look into history to try to discover what that 911 situation was. What, what was going on? It was something about an emergency that, that happens. We understand that in our day. So just like we understand that numbering system in our day, we can understand it in their day. Just don't take it out of context. And that's very critical and very important. Like, for example, one might say 911 or one might say 911. I mean, two different things, don't they? Two very different things. And we understand that in our day. So when we look in the book of Revelation, we want to understand what the number meant in their day. And that's critical. Closing. John chapter 17. John chapter 17. The big picture. The big picture. We'll come back low willing next week and we'll deal with the other numbers as we go through the book of Revelation. John 17. What is God's original plan for humanity? What is God's point? Well, it's 
It's all about number one. And you know, we think about number one, meaning we win, right? And that's exactly what it is. We win. You are not a child of God. We encourage you to surrender to God in the waters of baptism. Having heard his word and believed it by faith, having repentance in your heart, a confession being made that you believe Jesus is Lord, the Christ, the Son of the living God, being baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, and then stay faithful and true to God. And we are number one. We win. And that is the point. That is the major point in the numbering system that comes from God. That, brethren and friends, is the big picture. John 17 and verse 20. I do not ask on behalf of these alone. This is Jesus speaking. But for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that thou didst send me. God's perfect number, number one. Brethren, we win. And I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I mean, I say that in the sense of saying, just hold on to God, you win. Hold on to God, we win. We are not of the sixes. <laughs> we are of the victory. The Nikeo, we win. Don't let anyone take away your crown. Hold on to God, be faithful, and be true. God bless you, and thank you for your time this morning.